0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Rodcast. Today, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A lot of questions around this. So, Pastor Rod, can you kind of give us, uh, I, I guess, a definition or, or or, in your words, what this means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then we can maybe break it down and talk about how that looks in our life. Yeah, baptism of the Holy Spirit
1: is when we get um, a special filling of the Holy Spirit, Um, I need to say straight up this is not salvation this is subsequent to salvation salvation is by faith in Christ alone and we receive Jesus and he renews us new heart new new soul new or renewed soul um, new birth new life that that's salvation and then after that um, comes this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit which is for power for living so it's subsequent to salvation let's not go there that's What is it? The word baptism means immersion. Now, this word baptism, baptizo, in the Greek, is uh, it means to to immerse or to immerse something into liquid. In fact, it was used in secular ways in the Old Testament with a, a boat at sea, big waves coming over the the top over the bow of the boat. If if the if the water came onto the deck, they'd call out baptizo. In other words, we'd say water on deck um that's used in literature another example is when they're washing clothes in in a tub and they they put the clothes into the water they say it was baptizo so in no way was it a religious word it uh it was a normal word so it was brought across to um people going into the water as going under and into the water immersed um it's actually used uh, differently i think it's in matthew 26 the Last Supper. Um, where it says that Jesus took the, the bread and, and dipped it into into the, the wine, I guess, and it says it was baptized. <laughs> he baptized his bread. So we need to understand it's something totally being immersed in liquid. So when we're called to, hey, now that you're a believer, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It means filled or immersed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is all over us, sort of like we, we describe it like jumping into a swimming pool and the water is all around us well now now i'm a christian i can have a filling of the holy spirit all around us so I've, I've tried to quickly bring it to a head what it what it is and maybe what it's not and and when does this happen it can happen anytime for me it happened instantaneously on my conversion when i received jesus i also then was subsequently baptized in the holy spirit Um, for others it it is subsequent to salvation. So it can be from the moment of salvation onwards at any moment there. In fact, if we look at the book of Acts, um, Peter was uh, baptized in the Spirit in in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, but he was also baptized afresh in Acts chapter 4 and he spoke boldly. So filling or baptism in the Holy Spirit is not even a once-off experience. It is a experience that we can have initially and then have over and over again which i think's such great news for christians because we might feel a little bit little bit worn down and tired and think well i i had the baptism in the holy spirit and now i'm tired what's left for me the answer is get a new touch get rebaptized in the holy spirit live a life of um uh the revelation that god can touch me at any time and fill me again with his holy spirit so anytime at salvation or after salvation we can have this experience
0: so is it the same as being filled with the spirit you see yeah. that also written in the bible as well
1: i believe it's a synonym which means yes it's the same thing now this is a this is a linguistic issue now because if we look at the gospel of of luke who is a doctor and he's very very good at details he uses the word um filled a lot but when he's quoting jesus or john the baptist he uses the word baptized baptizo and the word filled, plero is very different so listen to the words baptized baptizo filled plero two completely different words but he's quoting two different authors of the same experience So Jesus and John the Baptist, he quotes them directly. He says, you will be baptized, baptizo. But when Luke mentions this word alone on his own volition or his own authorship, as in Acts chapter 2 and other places, he uses the word filled. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So, I just think it's purely a linguistic issue. It's like you would say the word great and I would say the word awesome or vice versa, describing a great event. It's a synonym and and it really is
0: the same thing. I think linguistically, it just settles that issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And would that also include, uh, that th- sometimes there's, there's mention of the word fire, like baptism by, by the Holy Spirit and fire or... Something like Yeah, that. so
1: so you're quoting specifically from both Matthew and Luke, um, what John the Baptist said. I'm going to read it to you because I knew you'd ask that question. Um, <laughs> uh, Matthew three eleven, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist uh, is speaking, and um, he says, "I baptize you with water for repentance." This is John the Baptist, but after me will come one and more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not willing to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John the Baptist says, we got, we got this immersion in water going right now, mm-hmm. uh, but when he Jesus comes, he's going to be, have the immersion in the Holy Spirit and fire. So it's a, a very different event than water baptism. So occasionally the Bible uses the word baptism later, and we actually have to analyze what baptism is that, because it just means immersion or filling or something in liquid. And so but def- very definitely here he's bringing a comparison between his baptism in water and Jesus bringing a baptism of holy spirit of fire. Or, or, or let's use the word uh, filling. Filling with water or f- filling with the ba- with the holy spirit and fire. So uh, a different experience whole nother level and I think it really is a wonderful picture of the the, the different degrees of the ministries of John the Baptist and Jesus, because anybody can baptize someone in the name of Jesus, but only Jesus can baptize in the Holy Spirit of fire. So a, a, a superior ministry, a greater ministry is coming that will absolutely revolutionize your life. Now, water baptism is revolutionary. I've got to say that. Being baptized in water, the old is gone, the new is come. God often brings healing, restoration, and freedom, and even deliverance in that moment of baptism, and definitely the, the the symbolic understanding of this new life in Christ, baptism in water. When Jesus' baptism in Holy Spirit and fire comes, it's going to be more powerful, more freeing, more supernatural, just more. It's going to be absolutely an amazing experience Um now, just, just let me ask a question here myself to, to bring it up. Yeah. You can actually be baptized in the Holy Spirit before you're baptized in water. I was. So th- those two, after salvation, those two are um, both important, but the sequence of those two is different according to different experience.
0: Okay. And so that when it says and fire, that's not a separate thing. Is that what you're saying? That um I, I think it's the same thing. Okay. I think it's I think
1: it's des- descriptors. It's it's um trying to right. describe yeah. an experience that's coming. Holy Spirit yeah. and fire is is but it's powerful. You, you, baptism and fire is the holy baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. And so in a minute, I think we're gonna have a chat about the word fire, but it's it's very descriptive. It's mm. it's trying to describe the baptism in the holy spirit as an experience with god's fire Mm -hmm. i think it's good i think it's a great picture that 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 john the baptist is trying to bring in and obviously being very i think very very mindful of old testament fire um god's fire and saying that experience that was on a few in the old testament with fire is going to come upon all who come to christ i think it's a great picture.
0: Hmm. So then what, what would the significance be to the new Testament believer to, to us today? Uh, how, how, is, how, how is this, this moment that can happen again and again, or, and, you know, before or after baptism, or, you know, how is this significant to us, uh, for, in our everyday lives?
1: Uh, as I was just saying, I think it gives us the picture that whenever you read about God's fire, we can have that experience too. So Moses and the burning bush in, in Exodus mm-hmm. chapter three—he went forward, and out of the bush God spoke and said, "Moses, Moses," and called him back to his calling, called Moses back to purpose. And so the the picture of fire there is 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 warmth. It's encouraging. It's reaffirming. Um, calling back to the picture of fire is beautiful that god's fire and and many other times the the picture of fire in the old testament is also either cleansing or purifying so the experience of fire can be a moment where god does something supernatural cleansing freedom um, changing in our lives um, and we sort of almost go wow that was uh, that was another experience um, and we're trying to reach for words and someone could, could say, well, it's sort of like God's fire happened, right? And you go, yeah, that's right. That, that, that's a good explanation of what I felt. Now, I need to say as well, God's fire doesn't burn or burn up. Now, I used to be a fireman, as many of you know. And so I, I dealt with fire that was destructive, hurtful, ruinous, killing, you get the picture firemen fights those fires now god's fire is not like that it is a fire that continually burns but doesn't burn us it continually burns but doesn't burn us up it doesn't fry us to a crisp you know some people say oh god's fire is going to come on you and he's going to burn you to a crisp and um the old testament picture for believers is that that fire is protection is warmth is encouraging is calling is recalling. So, so the first thing about this fire is a lot of the New Testament believers would have said, "Ah, it's it's that fire." It I understand that from all those Old Testament pictures, because it's not actually a literal fire, is it? It's a right. It's a, a metaphorical understanding or a figurative understanding. It's, it's like it's like fire. It's an experience of fire coming upon us and. And the second thing is it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Old Testament, it was only for Moses and the priests and a few others. New Testament, the fire is for every single believer. And I think that's a great encouragement for those struggling, maybe needing healing, needing healing of the memory, healing of the mind, healing of the past. I've had many experiences where God's fire was able to um, heal me from pain or the problems of my past now it doesn't all happen at once i wish it did but there are experiences where i can actually say that was a a true supernatural fire that touched my mind or my heart so i think it's a huge encouragement for us a huge uh, hopefulness that we can have a nut yet another experience of god as i said peter was baptized in the holy spirit acts 2 and was refilled in acts chapter 4 i think that's so encouraging so it's a lifestyle of being filled with the holy spirit and um it's it's for everyone it's for you today it's for me today another experience living in that hope living in that expectation god another another fire can help me right now
0: so i i know it uh it talks about basically that you know anyone who asks, you know God wants to to give it to, uh, to give the, us the Holy Spirit, and so if it's if it sounds like we can have this over and over again, um, what does that actually look like, like tangibly? Uh, so is it always with a feeling? Is it always an emotional thing? Is it? Can it be just at a faith level, like I believe I've been filled, but I don't feel any different? What I do
1: you think, think all of God? the above, I think we bring it back to our relationships with human beings and we can think of some discussions that changed us. It was just a a logical, good discussion. And other times it was an emotional decision. I think our relationship with God has all those those pictures. So God could say something and we just say, Wow, I just, I just something changed. And it doesn't have to be emotional or it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be um, like, it could be just like, well, God just touched me and, or it could be emotional and truly life shattering, changing, shattering is the wrong word, but life mm-hmm. shaking. Yeah. I think it can have all those characteristics and therefore that's encouraging that we can be refilled every day, I believe. But it not be another earth shattering moment, but it be an, a, a daily top up. Yeah, a daily. So I, I pray often, Lord, just fill me now before I preach or teach or go into a meeting or I just, just Lord just just fill me now? In fact, every time I preach, I'm saying, God, help me now, right now, as I go into the pulpit or in, onto the screen if I'm recording. Um, fill me now. Let it be another moment now. And I don't always feel shaken like life shaking but yep. i believe there is a impartation at that moment as we acknowledge jesus in our lives we can be refilled right there
0: yeah cuz i feel like uh, uh this, this these questions are coming out of uh, leading men's connect groups and i feel like sometimes uh with the guys i can't speak for the girls but uh everyone knows that you can have a, a feeling kind of experience with the Holy Spirit. I think that side is maybe it's it's more evident in church life, um, those kind of experiences. But but maybe sometimes some of the guys uh I, I think they're look they're looking for that experience or it didn't happen. And so I asked God for the Holy Spirit, but I didn't I didn't feel anything. So they're thinking that nothing mm. happened. Yeah. Um but we but we don't live our faith by our feelings or our emotions and so th- that's why i guess talking about that like feeling or not the holy spirit can fill you I, yeah. I feel like that it's almost like a light bulb moment for some of the guys and it was yeah. it, it was for me because i was probably looking for mm. uh, a, a feeling mm. um yeah, yeah i don't know
1: is it i i i can say i've had i've had all of that um mm-hmm. And I'm sure you actually could remember times where you were emotional. So we've got yep. this, we've got this spectrum, yep. no feeling to extreme feeling. And I think the Holy Spirit can do everything. Yeah. I think it's the fruit, which we're going to talk to in a while. Of how do we know, or what's the fruit of being filled with the Spirit? But I believe that the fruit could be a better meeting, more wisdom, mm. um, a breakthrough, something happened, and we later on we think, well, I didn't feel it, but God did do something right there. And we, we then realize that it is a lifestyle. And sometimes it's going to be uh, one side of the spectrum and some men are very analytical. So God will meet you there. It's going to be analytical. Yep, God did something. Right through to emotional, like, oh, I just, I just feel so different. So let's not get stuck into the, let's not get fixed on the emotion. Yeah. But let's talk about the outcome. Because I feel yeah. that is truly what, we, what Jesus spoke about. You know, he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses, which is something from the mouth. So that could be towards being able to speak better, um, being able to interact with people better, dialogue better, better relationships because our words are better. So the outcome of God touching our mouth is a better life in so many different ways. I think God touching our mouth is truly supernatural. I really do. In fact, I remember when I first got saved as a fireman and I, um, the, the the first thing, like, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd never been a believer before. And so now I'm a believer. And I think the very first thing that God touched in my mouth, what my life was, my mouth in two ways. One was profanity. I stopped swearing. I guess I did some, but it, it, it reduced dramatically without effort. Like, I don't need that. Now, profanity is not the greatest sin, but it is something that you can notice. And in in a, in a discussion with someone, you think, well, their language has changed. There's something different. And so I, I could say that the very first thing I noticed after being baptized in the Holy Spirit was uh, my, my language changed. And secondly, negativity reduced out of my mouth. So the concept of speaking negatively reduced. So I can remember being with the fireman buddies and and them talking you know about about something really really negative, and uh maybe their wives or or something in their life and and you know I think they love their wives, but you know guys together in a pub and and i and 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 before yeah but but now i I had this realization I don't want to do that now I wasn't judging them, I just realized I had changed. is that okay? I need to say that these are great buddies it's not that I'm judging people, it's that I thought hmm, um. That that's interesting. So there was a recollection or understanding that I didn't want to jump in on a negative subject. Um, not saying I'm great. I, was just, I just noticed a natural shift. So I think this is the outworking. So for a man who is very analytical and says, "Well, I didn't feel anything," I would say, "Well, actually, probably something changed. Probably God touched some area of your life. Just check it out. You know, are you speaking better to your friends and wife or?" You, you, you know like are you thinking a little bit better and speaking better are you praising God like are you thankful and and so something's coming out of the mouth when I say that i'm I'm, I'm in speech and thought thought and speech is now different I think that is what Jesus said in 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 uh, acts 1.8. and Jesus said you will receive power dynamic power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses there's a change in in
0: the way we speak and live. So if we want to judge whether we've been filled with the, the whole, or someone's been filled with the Holy spirit or not, like it's really about outcomes. I not think so. so much experiences.
1: Well, I, no, no, I love it. <laughs> no, right. give me, give, give yeah. me all the experiences, but I want to see, yeah. I want to see the outcome. And I think for, we've talked about very analytical men and, and leading men in that sphere, and instead mm-hmm. of seeing them as. Unemotional, uninvolved in 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 spiritual mm. events. No, no, no. We need to see them as people who need to see outcomes. Mm. Men right. need to see outcomes. I think it's the same with prayer. If we get men to pray simply about their job or relationships and 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 it improves, those men start saying, "Hmm, prayer is good." So I think that on on, on this side of the which the scale which you sort of brought up, mm-hmm. I just think yep. we need to dig into. But, but are, you, are you feeling different? Are you, are you more positive? Are you saying better things? I, like Those sort of things would be the things I'd be talking to them about. Is your job better? Is your peace level better? Are you sleeping better? Are you feeling better? Are you, they're, they're the outcomes that I would be digging into. And I'd say, well, I think you've been filled with the Spirit. I think you've had that experience. And why wouldn't you want more? But the other thing about very analytical men that we've talked about before is is reading the Bible, journaling, and actually saying to them, it's not just about your mind now, it's about imagining and visioning, which is the other side of the brain, and starting to understand that there is an emotional side with God and there is a visual or feeling side that will not take the place of your analytics, because I don't think men would like to... To think that. Or, okay, so you, you keep your analytical skills, but now you're adding um, imagination, you're adding emotion, you're ad- adding relational skills, um, adding EQ by the Holy Spirit, emotional quotient. And so now you've got these analytical leaders who are actually also very good at team building, collaborative work, which is a huge Gen Z word, collaboration. on the ability to work in teams and together. And and so now I think, I think that can happen with the filling of the Holy Spirit. I, th- I, th- I really believe that. I really believe we're going to help these men become successful leaders, managers as God would want them to be um, by filling in parts of their humanity that they maybe had not discovered before. So I do believe there's going to be experiences for those guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um I do. I just think it's now a learning curve. Um Yeah, what do you think? I mean, you, you just said you weren't yeah. you weren't you weren't emotional at one point. I, have you discovered that side as well?
0: Yeah. Uh no, I I I've experienced the full spectrum.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and and so we're not judging people and saying, "Oh, you've you, you know, you're missing out." No, no, we need to help them um realize that something actually has happened and is happening, but you can have more. Mm. Um, and if we go to the very other extreme of someone who is highly emotional, um, highly reactionary, even in public, where well, I think we need to help them understand that God does does bring change and that that, that change will help you in um, being more uh, analytical, <laughs> more... Um, Decision making would become more a balance. I'm not saying they'll become totally the other side of the spectrum, but I do believe that, that the Holy Spirit always brings balance into our emotional lives, which is pretty cool.
0: So the experience could be here, 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 or here, but it's all leading to outcomes of yeah. you know righteousness. It, it really or, does, you know. Yeah, li- and that's God's why
1: I'm, I'm sort of getting to this point of saying people saying I've I've had this experience, but then they say, but there's no, been no change in my life. I sort of, well, mm-hmm. hang on, um, there's supposed to be power made available to live a great life. Um, I think there are a lot of people who've, uh, uh, um, what can I say? How can I can say this nicely, maybe not living great lives and they, they say they're filled with the spirit and speaking in tongues, but they are not living great lives. Um, as a pastor i've experienced talking to people like that and i say well maybe you didn't take the opportunity that god's giving you to change because i do right. believe that there is that power made available for us to change
0: so like the power's there but you didn't use it
1: yeah That's didn't make, yeah didn't embrace it because jesus says in jesus says in in john 8 31 he says he says you'll if, if you hold my truth then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free if you hold so i think baptism the holy spirit and touches of the holy spirit gives us another moment opportunity to hold truth and it changes our lives but some might let it slip like sand through the fingers that opportunity is slipped through our fingers um because we didn't take that moment to grab and hold spiritual truth mm.
0: what about what about with non-christians can what about it can can it can the holy spirit fill a non-christian and or someone who's seeking god or well, using
1: the word "fill" there that's a very hard word to say yes to that can be touched god can okay. speak to them the whole bible is a story of god speaking to non-christians from abraham through to paul um, the only one who from the very beginning was a believer was Jesus. So, um, the, the, the whole Bible is this revelation that God will touch non-believers, mm-hmm. but to be filled is something reserved for believers that have the Holy Spirit dwelling in their hearts at salvation. And mm-hmm. then there's this second experience. Okay. Let me say that just also, some groups call this the second experience or the, i don't know there's other other words um i when i got saved i had a group of friends that called it the second experience and i said well what's the first experience And they said well salvation the holy spirit coming to dwell in our lives on salvation i said okay that 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 makes sense um there's a a subsequent second experience or third fourth fifth experience so it's not the words that we use is it it's not that the 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 adjectives it's did we actually receive power to be witnesses in our lives? Seems to be the outcome I'm looking for. Yes, yeah, so let me say it again. It's not the adjectives we use or the, the particular words. It's that we have an experience with the Holy Spirit that will change us and continue to change us. I love that. It's the power of God in our lives.
0: So if we're looking at uh, how we can... Tell whether someone has, you know, truly had this. Uh, I don't know. Are there are there, are there any ways to, to 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 clearly identify that this is, you know, God has filled you, it, anything like that?
1: Well, I think I think the key the key phrases of the New Testament is the power of the Holy Spirit. The this word dunamis is the Greek word, and we get the word mm-hmm. dynamic, um, and a few other English words from this word dunamis. So there is actually a power. There has to be something that's powerful from the Holy Spirit, supernatural, um, change, healing, freedom. But I think one of the key ones is what's coming out of our mouth. Jesus said in Acts 1, 8, and you will receive power and you will be witnesses. In other words, something powerful is coming out of the mouth. And everything in the book of Acts that happens, whether it's tongues, prophecy, boldness, boldness in prayer, boldness in witnessing. It just seems to be the absolute theme of the book of Acts is the power of the Holy Spirit makes something powerful happen in our mouth or out of our mouth. And worship, prayer, praise, encouragement, um, you know, the language of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is all about comfort, encouragement. It's about speaking out to bring a difference. I think this is the world we're living in that wants to see what's coming out of our mouth and a great scripture actually is in Matthew 12:34 where Jesus speaks that says that out of the heart the <laughs> mouth speaks. So it makes sense if God fills our hearts it's mm. going to be empowering our mouth. But even more specifically I don't I do believe it means that we have a desire to share Jesus with people. There is a desire. We might be shy, we might be scared, but there is a desire to share Jesus and I I say for those people who are a bit shy, well, the text and online is your best friend. know, Insta, you can say nice things. You can present. And so obviously, it comes through in the way we present ourselves on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, that we become a positive energy, a positive force in the world because we're speaking out of the goodness of God in our hearts. And I know it's words, but it's the same thing as presenting, communicating. So I think the greatest in the book of Acts, the greatest thing is a changed ability and desire to speak out the goodness of God to speak out that God is good and uh, and you can know him too a lot of people say that the initial evidence is speaking in tongues because it mentions that in both Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10 I think in Acts chapter 18 three times initial evidences they they, they spoke in tongues I speak in tongues I speak in tongues every day but I think that alone is Is not enough. I think that could be an initial evidence, one of the initial evidence, whatever you want to say. But the evidence is power to be witnesses because that's the words that Jesus used. And so, as a Pentecostal or charismatic leader, I would say I believe everybody can speak in tongues. I believe it's available. I don't believe it's a special gift for spiritual people or it's not a badge of honor. It's just more power. To be witnesses, that's it. It's just an, an enabler. But I know a lot of people who have sought tongues with tears and haven't received it, yet they are dynamic and full of the Spirit and living a life for God. And and I'd say, yeah, that's the evidence that Jesus said, power to be witnesses or power to live a Spirit-filled life. And I love that. I, I feel very peaceful about that after being a pastor for now for 35 mm-hmm. years. And in every nation, seeing people filled with the Spirit, I I say to people, "You can speak in tongues. Would you like to?" Let's pray. And many, many thousands have. And then there's some who have struggled a bit. And I said, "It's okay. You know, like let's let's just let's just really believe that God's done something and go and live that life of power." But I believe they probably could speak in tongues, so I, d- I don't think it's um the only evidence, but I certainly believe it's among the helpers that God has given a huge helper, uh, Holy Spirit power, speaking in the Holy Spirit. So that's the evidence. Book of Mm. Acts, boldness, prayer, praise, encouragement, prophecy,
0: tongues, making a difference in our world through our heart and mouths. Okay, well, all of that sounds awesome. And I'm sure, you know, every believer wants all of that and, So, I just want to, I guess, finish on the the super practical. Like, what does this look like in the everyday life of someone, you know, working Monday to Friday? And how can they be filled with the Spirit? Like, what do they need to do?
1: Yeah. Um, I just For me, I would suggest waking up and saying the Lord's Prayer, no matter how I feel. Like, I'm not a morning person, but I'm going to just start. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the first words out of my mouth, all my thoughts, is Father... I, I want to glorify you. I, I I want your name to be glorified. And I often get in the shower and speak in tongues. I was um, reading this week that, uh, you know, I don't know, American, uh, there's a lot of studies and a lot of surveys. Uh, I don't know how many people they've actually surveyed. But this one said, they asked people, um, where, is, where is the time you spend most time in prayer? And... the the answer was not church or in a service. And the answer was driving. Um, And I think that's a good answer. I actually think that's a great answer for busy people is that we use the time that we have and just trigger it to prayer and asking God to fill us. So shower, having a cup of coffee, on the train, in the car, Um, the, the times that we cannot redeem much time we can use it in prayer and i think we can pray in tongues within ourselves. we don't have to actually mouth the words we can pray and if we don't pray in tongues praying in english or whatever language under our breath and say lord fill me so here i am on the train people all around i'm not going to start doing anything weird in japan but in in me i'm praying and i'm getting a film me get ready for the day i just think we redeem the time is my answer I think we need, you, right. you don't need a ceremony, you don't need a service, you don't need other people, um, you don't even need your wife or husband for this, for this particular thing. And I just think we just have that revelation we can pray anytime, anywhere, anyhow, and, and God's not judging our prayer. <laughs> you know, you can't imagine, I can't imagine someone praying in a certain way and that and God is upset, you know, like God's saying, bring it, you know, <laughs> let's talk. So I say, redeem the time. But I do think mornings are such a trigger for a good day, and um, I know a lot of people. Uh, you know, they they go to bed very very late and they wake up tired. Well, that that's a lifestyle issue that we. For another occasion, we could talk about that. But I I, I used to be like that too, and I realized that mornings were so important for success as a salesman when I was young, as a success setting myself up for a successful day, and I. So so this revelation is not because I'm a pastor, it's because I'm a disciple. And uh, redeem the time, use the time, something trigger you to go to prayer and uh, trigger the, to, to um, ask God to fill you. Also, when you go into a meeting, a connect group, a, a serving, a service, just say, Lord, just fill me now. And it's just so easy to to be filled afresh any time of the week.
0: Well, I love how easy this is. Uh, it was a confusing topic for me for many years. Um, and, uh, it's really quite simple, more of God power, ask him whenever you want. I love that. I think we can all do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll finish up here and we will see you in the next episode of the Rodcast. Bye-bye.